We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, Barons fans. I'm Jim Margulis, and this is your Project Birmingham Morning Briefing for August 24th, 2022. Project Birmingham for the Uninitiated is Chris Getz's radical reimagining of the final weeks of the season, in which most of the White Sox farm system's biggest names have coalesced at AA. The star power delivered on opening night an 11-7 victory over the Mississippi Braves at Regions Field. The Barons pounded out 18 hits, and most of them came from new faces. Brian Ramos and Luis Mieses, both promoted from Winston-Salem, combined for five hits, including the first double-A homer for each. Wilfred Veras, Wes Kath, and DJ Gladney, all making the two-level jump from Kannapolis, delivered two hits apiece. Colson Montgomery had one of the quieter nights, going one for five in his Barons debut. The holdovers also provided a boost. Oscar Colas reached base three times at the top of the lineup with two singles and a hit by pitch, while Yoelki Cespedes went four for five with a homer, double, two stolen bases, two runs scored, and three RBIs. Sean Burke struck out nine over five shutout innings to pick up the win, with only some shaky bullpen work making the score look closer than it actually was. The young Birmingham lineup didn't draw a walk, but only struck out seven times. Meanwhile, five Barons pitchers combined for 18 strikeouts, with Burke amassing half of them. It'll be worth checking in on the lineup daily, if only to see how Justin Jershley moves players in and out of the lineup. One day in, none of the youngest bats looked overmatched. As for the rest of the farm, the Charlotte Knights pounded the Louisville Redbirds early and late in an 8-2 victory, Gilbert Sanchez went 3-4, for four, Lenin Sosa had two hits, and Mark Payton homered and doubled. The depleted Winston-Salem Dash lost to Asheville 6-5 in a lineup that now includes Andy Atwood, Colby Smelly, and James Beard from Kannapolis. The Cannonballers, on the other hand, beat the Carolina Mudcats 8-3 with a roster that is buoyed by 2022 draft picks. Fourth rounder Jordan Sprinkle had three hits at the top of the order. Twelfth rounder Brooks Baldwin went 2-for-5 in his A-ball debut. And eleventh rounder Jacob Burke hit his first canny homer, a three-run shot. The Arizona Complex League White Sox affiliate lost to their Camelback Ranch buddies, the ACL Dodgers 5-4. And the DSL White Sox beat the D-backs Red Squad by one run, 4-3. Now I suppose we should talk about what the White Sox did Tuesday night. Aloy Jimenez opened the evening against the Orioles in Baltimore with a two-run homer to center field off Austin Voth. But his night ended early after getting a 102-mile-per-hour Felix Bautista fastball square on the elbow. 
His night summed up with the White Sox fortunes as a whole. Despite staking Dylan Cease to an early 2-0 lead, Cease promptly gave up a three-run homer on a hanging slider to Ryan Mountcastle in the bottom of the first, and the Sox spent the rest of the night chasing the Orioles. They were unsuccessful, losing yet another series opener, this one 5-3. The White Sox outhit the Orioles 11-5, and they actually figured out how to pull balls in the air. Unfortunately, the White Sox righties experienced what the drastic reconfiguration of Oriole Park's left field hath wrought. In the seventh inning, Luis Robert launched a fly to left that StatCast projected at 402 feet. It hit the top of the wall, and Robert had to settle for a double. In the eighth, Sebi Zavala hit one three feet further, according to StatCast, but he also hit it a little more toward center, and it too hit the top of the wall, right above the 398 marking in the power alley. He too had to settle for two bases. The Twitter account Would It Dong said both balls would have left every other park in the majors. At least Robert came around to score on Andrew Vaughn's pitch hit single. Zavala, on the other hand, got stranded at third on a painful sequence in the eighth inning. With the Sox trailing 5-3, he reached second with one out, then moved to third on A.J. Pollock's infield single. That's when Brandon Hyde called for his closer, Bautista. Bautista wiped out Robert on three pitches, and he got ahead 0-2 on Jimenez. But after Jimenez fouled off a second consecutive splitter, Bautista went to back-to-back fastballs. 103 sailed to the screen, but it caromed right back to Adley Rutschman, forcing Zavala to hold while Pollock advanced to second. 102 hit Jimenez on the elbow, and even though it was padded, it sounded awful and he had to leave the game. That loaded the bases for Jose Abreu, and while Abreu was successful in laying off of Bautista's wipeout splitters for a full count, he couldn't lay off a 101 mile per hour fastball above the zone. Ball four turned into strike three, a one run game instead remained a two run game, and that's where the score stayed. It capped off a lousy night for Abreu, who went 0 for 5 with two strikeouts and eight stranded, along with a defensive mistake we'll get to in a second. It also effectively cemented Cease's sixth loss of the season, as the Sox never brought the tying run to the plate in the ninth. Cease righted the ship after the Rocky first, but he wasn't quite himself. He walked three against just four strikeouts over five and one-thirds innings, and he threw just 50 of 93 pitches for strikes. He almost contained the damage to the first inning, but he made one last mistake by walking speedy Cedric Mullins on four pitches to start the sixth, and then his attempt to pick off Mullins while he was establishing his lead caught Abreu by surprise, and Mullins took second. Those 90 feet mattered because he scored an Anthony Santander single for the decisive fourth run. Mullins might have been likely to steal the base on Cease regardless, but you'd like to see him earn it. If you're wondering how Tony Larusa did, he had a sequence in the seventh inning that Jason Benetti and Steve Stone picked apart in real time. Jake Diekman faced his three-batter minimum to start the inning, getting a strikeout and a pop-out around a one-out Austin Hayes double, although Hayes was able to tag up to third on the pop-foul down the line. Up came Jorge Mateo, who presented a couple options without a pitching change. Number one, Jake Diekman could face him because while Mateo is right-handed, he has reverse splits for the year. Number two, if you don't trust the reverse splits, and sometimes you don't, you could intentionally walk him to restore a lefty-lefty matchup with Mullins, as well as Rutschman, who would be on deck. Instead, Larusa chose to go with Jimmy Lambert to face Mateo, and Mateo singled through the left side for the insurance run. If there's any solace, it didn't end up mattering. Additional solace? X-rays on Jimenez's elbow were negative, and he's day-to-day with a bruise. So he won't be joining Michael Kopech, whom the White Sox placed on the injured list before Tuesday's game with left knee strain. Tanner Banks took Kopech's spot and pitched a scoreless eighth. Presumably, he'll be around until Kopech's spot in the rotation pops up, and then Davis Martin will get the call. For the time being, may I interest you in Lucas Giolito against Spencer Watkins tonight? No? 
Okay, fair enough, but if you change your mind, first pitch is at 6.05 p.m. Central on NBC Sports Chicago. For added incentive, you can watch the game with Josh Beefloaf and I, Mystery Science Theater style, on playback. We'll have a link in instructions for getting involved. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Around the league, the biggest news in baseball came out of Anaheim as Artie Moreno started the formal process of exploring the possibility of selling the Los Angeles Angels. The reverberations, real and potential, are massive. Shohei Otani is a free agent after next season, and the lease in Angel Stadium runs through 2029. If you're a White Sox fan, you can see what a perpetually underachieving little brother in a two-team market will bear, and perhaps that gets the wheels turning for Jerry Reinsdorf? Probably not. Elsewhere in baseball, some injury updates. The Twins placed Byron Buxton on the injured list with a hip strain and don't have a timetable on his return. Fernando Tatis Jr. will be spending at least part of his 80-game suspension by getting surgery on his often troublesome left shoulder. In less salvageable NL West injury news, Walker Buehler underwent his second Tommy John surgery, and the second cut is always deeper than the first. Now let's go through some scores. The Guardians faced former teammate Mike Clevenger and only came up with four hits, but that was enough to hang the loss on him in a 3-1 victory in San Diego. Regarding the Twins, Justin Verlander struck out 10 over 6 no-hit innings as the Astros doubled up Minnesota 4-2. In a fascinating procedural sidebar, Rocco Baldelli was ejected by home plate umpire Rob Drake because during a bench-clearing incident, apparently Baldelli's actions counted as a mound visit. Words were exchanged after Aaron Sanchez plugged Jose Altuve, and as order was restored, Drake gave the signal that the Twins used mound visit. Replays show that Baldelli did appear to consult independently with his catcher and pitcher during a couple moments, but neither actually occurred on the mound. Anyway, Baldelli didn't seem aware of the call, so when pitching coach Pete Maki came out to the mound to talk to Sanchez after a walk, he was required to change pitchers. Baldelli was furious, although some of it was probably useful for buying Cole Sands time to warm up. The inning ended without further incident as Sands stranded both runners with a strikeout and a double play. This is all to say that the Guardians expanded their lead on everybody in the Central. They're three games up on the Twins and four games up on the White Sox. Hell, the other two Central teams lost as well. Carlos Rodon struck out 10 over 7 innings to lead the Giants to a 3-1 victory over the Tigers, while the Royals issued 9 walks against just 4 strikeouts in a late collapse to Arizona 7-3. The Yankees continued their rebound as Aaron Judge's 48th homer of the year helped them sweep a two-game series against the Mets at Yankee Stadium. The Rays and Blue Jays both won big, so they remain eight and eight and a half games back in the AL East while also bolstering their standing in the wildcard race. 
In the National League, the Braves took advantage of the Mets' loss with a 6-1 victory over the Pirates, so they've narrowed New York's lead in the NL East to two games. The Cardinals and Cubs split a doubleheader, but St. Louis gained a half game on Milwaukee as the Brewers got clobbered by the Dodgers 10-1. That worked to the Phillies' advantage as they were able to build their wildcard cushion after capping off a wild game in walk-off fashion against the Reds 7-6. That'll do it for this edition of the Project Birmingham Morning Briefing. Join us on SoxMachine.com to talk about the night in the farm, and make sure to listen to the future Sox podcast, in which they detail their updated Top 30 White Sox prospects list. Also, we're contractually obligated to cover the White Sox, and I think I'll be writing about their infield positioning, or lack thereof. And remember, tonight is a playback game, so stop by and watch the game with us. If you're new to the Sox Machine podcast, you can subscribe to it wherever podcasts are found. And if you want to support us, you can do so at patreon.com slash Machine, where you can get an ad-free version of the site and show with bonus content on both for as little as $2 a month. Thanks for listening to the Sox Machine podcast. For SoxMachine.com, I'm Jim Margulis. White Sox wake-up calls will hopefully resume tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.